Hello and welcome to the Table 7 Podcast with me, your host, Jack. As you can see, this week I'm by myself, so alone. Um, And today we're going to talk about the biggest headline for me today, which is the 11th of March, which is a Thursday, and that is, it's been one whole year since there were fans in stadiums in England, as in a full stadium of fans. We're also going to be talking about the weekend's Premier League, a little bit about the Champions League, I want to talk about the PSG Barcelona game, and also put a little bit of light on Rangers' its success in Scotland under the hands of the, the care of Steven Gerrard. Uh, so sit back, relax, chill as you listen to my voice yet again, or watch me if it's on YouTube. And yeah, let's kick this episode off with a belter. One whole year since fans. You understand my sentiment, those of us who are season ticket holders or regular football match goers. We are a body of significance to clubs um, I personally think it's quite important that fans get back in as soon as is physically possible uh, for, for us fans I think it would be very helpful towards our collective mental health and just book our weekends up you know everyone likes going to watch the football everyone likes going to watch their favourite team win or their least favourite team lose. And, yeah, it's where it's where memories are made. Um, I seem to remember, I don't seem to remember, I do remember, the last game I went to was Brentford against Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship. Uh, and I just remember it being an overall good day. Um it was a five nil win for Brentford. You know, I had drinks, food with people I usually see on a Saturday. And you know, that that part of routine has been missing from my life for a little bit now. Um you know, and I, I remember I had a ticket to go to an away match and I was looking forward to it. It was against Fulham, you know, the the local derby for for Brentford fans, and I was absolutely gutted that I couldn't go. You know, it was a, it was going to be on a Friday night. I was so excited to go, and then I was at school, sixth form, and got a message from my dad saying, "Listen, the game's not on tonight. It's been postponed due to COVID." And I was like, "Ah, oh, great, cool, cheers." Uh, coronavirus for doing that and um, yeah one year on still haven't seen a football game live uh, for over a year 
bearing in mind over the summer I played in Six Aside, which was the closest thing to physical football entertainment I got. And, you know, I think I speak for the majority of football fans, not necessarily all. Um, but we miss going, you know. For those of us who aren't season ticket holders, you know, getting a ticket for a game that you, you want to go watch because, you know, you haven't seen a game in a while or you just happen to be free that day, I think just kind of solves that issue. And I think having fans in the stadium also gives a bit of bit more of an edge to the weekend for for those players who aren't necessarily the most aren't necessarily the best, I should say, when it comes to being under pressure from twenty, thirty, sixty thousand fans every week. But yeah, some teams seem to be thriving under it, you know, West Ham. Why are they in the top five? I'll still never know, considering last season they finished 16th. Leicester enjoying another great season, but again, they do great with or without fans. Um, but yeah, it's I I I think it's important for fans to get back as soon as possible, if you ask me. Liverpool Atletico Madrid was the last game in England, which was a sellout. And I think people look back at that now, a year on, it feels like a millennia away. Um, but people look back at that now with a sense of did we do the right thing that day? Could a lockdown have been prevented if fans? from Spain weren't allowed to come over and there wasn't such a big group of people in one place. Who knows? But it's not my it's not my job to get into the politics of this season. It's my job to get into the fans' feelings and the fans' reactions, if you like. Um, so yeah I think I've just put it out there I'm a Brentford fan I don't really spend a lot of time looking at the Premiership to be perfectly honest with you but fans are fans at the end of the day You know, I like football I'm sure Chelsea fans like football I'm sure Everton fans like football I'd like to say Man City fans like football but half of them don't know what football is and yeah, it's, uh, I want to get back into a stadium, basically. I want to look at the world, look at the, the game that's being played, shout abuse at the officials, shout abuse at my own players, shout abuse at the other team's players, hear abuse from behind me. I remember there used to be a guy who sat behind me. I never knew his name. But every five minutes, it's always, ref, are you sure, ref? You got it the right way this time, ref, this, that, and the other. You know, it's it was fun to be there, and I enjoyed it. A year without it is a long, long time. 
And I'll be honest, I have a friend who works at a football club. You know, he gets to watch the games every now and again. And I am very jealous of that. I would love to go watch a game, just even if I was behind a pane of glass. You know, I just want to be there. I just miss the atmosphere. Admittedly, at the moment, there isn't much atmosphere, but... You know, just the, the feeling of being in the ground, seeing the team put out a performance as raw as it can be. And I think a lot of other fans miss that. And I think a lot of other fans, you know, would love to be there. I mean, at the moment, it looks like May, perhaps, is the earliest time we can have fans back in stadiums. Um, at least partially, and then from June onwards, hopefully if Boris doesn't change his mind, um, could be when we have full stadiums again. So there is hope on the horizon, but 15 months without fans in stadiums, chanting, shouting abuse at each other or at the officials or at the players, (sighs) pissed out of their heads, you know, it's it's exactly what you need, really. I just want it back. And the longer we go on without having fans, more clubs will go into financial difficulties, you know, especially down the lower leagues. And more and more fans will get frustrated or be more... I don't know, maybe lose interest, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I certainly haven't lost interest. Uh, if anything, my interest is peaked. And there's a lot of sports going on at the moment. You know, there's the Six Nations with the rugby at the moment. Formula One starting again in a few weeks. The Olympics in the summer. So, and of course the Euros. Can't forget that. So, of course, we have a lot to look forward to. I'm personally looking forward to having a summer bash, I like to call it, cracking summer, where there's going to be Olympics, Euros, uh, Formula One, rugby tours, you know, gyms are going to be open again, and pubs are going to be open again, and it's just all going to be fun for everyone. There isn't a single person who's not going to enjoy this summer. So I look forward to it. And yeah. Let us know what you think. Do you want to see fans back as soon as possible? Maybe even tomorrow. But yeah. Well, um Rangers. They've won their first Scottish League title in ten years. Um It gives real real um, punch to the phrase to rise from the ashes like a phoenix for those who don't recall Rangers were sent into administration and relegated to the bottom division of Scottish football which is the Scottish League 2 and over the last 6 years or so 7 years they've had to rebuild and reclaim Scotland 
which I think it's safe to say they have done. You know, um, Steven Gerrard, I think, was the finishing touch that they needed. We can all agree that the managers that got them through the leagues up into the Scottish Premiership again were integral to the success that they eventually had. But Steven Gerrard, you know, a big household name, came in and cemented the success, if you like. He brought in many young players and many old players as well, mainly Jermaine Defoe, been around the block a little bit. Uh, but you've got players like Ryan Kent, James Tavernier, you know, it's all very much there. The success was on the horizon and I personally wanted to see Rangers win the league because I'm not a huge fan of dominance. When a league becomes dominant, it becomes a little bit dull. You know, this season in the Premier League and last season as well. Prime examples of that. Liverpool won so many games last season. Man City are winning so many games this season. Um, and it just kind of makes the title a bit boring and a bit predictable. Um, I'm excited watching the Champions League race at the moment. Um, but I think you will understand what I mean. Celtic, don't get me wrong, Celtic and Scotland were easily the best team for the past 10 years. But Rangers, since Steven Jarre took over, have been clawing away at them. He's been there three seasons now. Um, he's won a title in his third season. And I think all fans outside of Scotland look at that and think good on you Stevie G cracking win and a really good result for him personally as a manager so young as well relatively I should say and I think he took the right steps in his career uh, I think a lot of people saw his interview with um he was BT Sport and he said you know he was asked is the next stop Liverpool and he said and he spoke as a Liverpool fan which I thought was good he said that we love Jurgen Klopp so he's already put himself out of that bubble if you like of being associated with the big job. Now, if you look at somebody like Frank Lampard, he had one season at Derby, and as soon as Chelsea came calling, he left. I don't think that was the right move for his career, even at the time, and with the power of hindsight. I think he should have stayed on. I'm sure Gerard has had job offers. You know, I think I've read a report saying that he rejected a job from Newcastle before they got Steve Bruce. And it's because he's sensible. You know, he needs to build the experience. He needs to 
finish what he started with Rangers. I think he'll have another season, maybe another two. Grinding away, trying to win another title to make sure this one wasn't just a fluke. I mean, they are unbeaten. It's hard to see how it is a fluke. But he wants to, I think, he wants to prove himself as a successful manager before he goes on to a successful club in England. He's a good manager. The football, I've watched a few Rangers games in the past three seasons with him as their manager and they play very attractive football. I'm a big fan. I think we could see him in the Premier League soon, within the next five years or so. And it could be exciting to see him. But Rangers and Steven Gerrard are a match made in heaven. They were a club looking for success, looking for something new. And they got that in Steven Gerrard. You know, they didn't sack him for finishing uh, behind Celtic two seasons prior. They kept their faith in him. And they've got the rewards. And I think clubs these days need to start shifting back towards that. We're going to stick behind our manager no matter what attitude. You know, rather than going, oh, he's lost again, sack him. You know, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a great example of that. You know, United fans were calling for his head not too long ago. Second in the Premier League now behind arguably the best team in Europe so I think it's yeah I think manager longevity pardon me and club success go hand in hand Uh, for a club to be successful you need the manager to stay for a long time I think we saw that with Ferguson and um, Arsene Wenger you know, two biggest examples of that. But you need to look in, say, France as well. It's a team called Auxerre. They had the same manager for near enough 40 years. And, uh, you know, they played Champions League football, which they thought at one point was completely impossible. You know, Giroud is the manager's name. And he managed Auxerre on and off between 1961 and 2005. I mean, it says it all, really. You know, one manager for 46 years is an incredible record. And he brought success to that club. You know, they played the Champions League. They won league titles. They won... You know, a lot underneath him. And it just kind of... You know, it's no fluke. You know, but I see the argument for people like Jose Mourinho, people who haven't been at clubs for very long and still brought success. But you look at the clubs he's been at, he's had success there already for him. You know, they're big clubs... Big money, big success. 
you know, Porto. I think that was the one he had to graft for. But Chelsea, this the players were there. Real Madrid, Inter Milan, players were all there. Um, Man United as well. Spurs is a bit of a different one. Spurs is one he has to work for. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy for Steven Gerrard. Really happy for Rangers. I hope it attracts more players to Scotland. Uh, because then it can create a tougher division. You know, I mean, there's no two ways about this. Scottish Premier League is not the hardest league in the world. Uh, but I hope this shock to the system kind of brings that change and makes Scotland a little bit more attractive for professionals to go and play. Announcement time. We have a new series coming to the podcast. Doubles my workload, but it's something I find very interesting. So hopefully you will too. The new series is focusing on Formula One. The F1 season starts very soon, in late March, and I'll be joined by many friends who are interested. Uh, We've got a few journalists who are interested as well. So we'd very much like your support for that. So if you think it'll be a good idea, well, we're doing it anyway, so also if you don't like it, uh, drop us a follow on Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube to remain fully informed and aware in the world of F1. It's kind of like a Ted's notebook on Sky. Just better and with no cameraman so yeah join us for that and we hope to see you very soon for it thank you very much now this was recorded on Thursday so the Champions League games uh, for the week have been played and last night I watched PSG against Barcelona very end-to-end game, very entertaining. Barcelona were out of the blocks. You could tell that they wanted and needed to win that game. I would like to take the next few minutes to praise Lionel Messi. He has been at that club for 15 years. Just under. And he has stuck with that club for a long time. They haven't won the Champions League since 2015. And he's been their one pillar of stability. He, in my opinion, I know this will cause such distress to people who disagree with me, but he is the best player of the past 21 years. So of the 21st century, he is the best player. There's no argument. Ronaldo, he is good and he is so close. But in terms of technical ability and just pure finesse, you know, Messi takes it for me. But his goal against PSG 
Oh my god. It, it seemed completely effortless. He just struck it. And it just floated into that top corner. I mean, I'm sure Ronaldo could do the same. But for someone so small and seemingly less muscular than Ronaldo, he puts in just as much power as Ronaldo would. And it's just that technique and that finesse that I was on about where he just... uh, it, It made me speechless, that goal. Um, but he's he's a beacon of stability at Barca, and I think it's going to be hard for him to see an argument to stay because they just keep underperforming, and he just wants to win the Champions League again. I understand he has loyalties towards Barcelona, but this is the last year of his contract, and I just can't see it getting better you know they have the worst team they've had in the past 10 years and they're just not hitting the heights that we'd expect them to I think he'll leave at the end of the season and I think he'll join whoever does better out of Man City and PSG I think if PSG go on to win it, he'll join PSG. And if Man City go on to win it, he'll join Man City. I think there's, I think those are the two only options really for him. Uh, the only two clubs who can really afford him as well. So, yeah, it's just... It's interesting to me because, you know, the, since I've been watching football from a young age of about six or seven, he's... He's always been there, you know, and at some point we're just going to see him leave. And since, I'd say, the past three or four years, he's just, well, not he, but Barcelona have slowly declined. And it's been sad to see as a football fan. And now everyone remembers the tiki taka played by. Pep Guardiola, Marciad, Iniesta, Xavi, Puyol, Valdez, you know, just that group of players and Messi as well, just there, just topped it all off. And he wasn't captain back then. And I think him being captain has even more significance on his current situation because he is the leader and he's clearly not happy with the club. And their direction. So, yeah, I, I can see why it's frustrating for him. But it also tarnishes the image of Barcelona in being not successful if their most successful player isn't being successful. You know, he's won Ballon d'Ors, he's won Champions Leagues, he's won league titles. You know, the one thing he hasn't won is the World Cup. All the Copper America. He hasn't. That's uh, an interesting fact for you. He hasn't won a, a major title with Argentina. Um, 
I, it's a sad affair. But the game was cracking. If you want to watch the highlights, uh, you can. Um, I would highly recommend it. But yeah, Messi, best player in the world. Sad to see him uh, being so unjustly treated in the sense of he's being kept at Barcelona rather than him staying there. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll be surprised if he stays. I think he'll leave, personally. Now it's time for the traditional prediction time. We have a good weekend, I think. An interesting weekend, to say the least. So, we're going to start off with Newcastle Villa. I think Villa are going to win this one 3-0, personally. Don't shout at me if you're a Newcastle fan, but you're a little bit bad at the moment. Uh, Leeds Chelsea. One all. I'm not going to explain it, but one all. Crystal Palace, West Brom. Two nil Palace. Everton, Burnley. Mm. I'm going to say one nil Everton. Uh, Fulham, Man City. I mean, I'm sorry, but what are you expecting? You know. 4-1 Man City, I'm going to say. Um, Brighton-Southampton. South Coast, Derby, but they're a fair few miles apart. Um, I'm going to say... 1-0 Brighton. Leicester-Sheffield United. 3-0 Leicester. Arsenal-Tottenham-North London-Derby. 2-1 Tottenham, I think. Man United-West Ham, this should be a good game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say 3-all. Head here first. Wolves-Liverpool, final one. I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. Liverpool won, obviously, their Champions League game and their tie. But <sighs> domestically, they're in absolutely awful form. So I cannot see them doing any better, to be honest, than last week where they lost to Fulham, who are in the relegation zone. I mean, sort yourselves out. That concludes it for this week's episode. This was a very last-minute thing because I'm very bad at organising myself. But we managed it in the end. So thank you very much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much for listening. If you're listening on Spotify. And we will see you next week where we might, might have a guest. Uh, And no, it's not Ben. And yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like the video. Comment, if you please. And we will see you in the very near future. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Have a splendid day, evening, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this. And I will bid you farewell.